This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Hour number two of Spears and Ali presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. One hour left of today's Spears and Ali. Arizona taking on the Stanford Cardinal tonight in the quarterfinal round of the Pac-12 tournament. Stanford beating Utah last night. Man, what a drop-off for the Utes this year. Remember just a little while ago, Ali, we were talking about this team possibly being a, a NCAA tournament team. They were right there in the in the top tier of the Pac-12 standings. And my goodness, I mean, injuries, of course, have played a, a huge factor in, in their downfall. But, man, you hate to see a team like that go out the way they did. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, uh, in December when the Utes beat Arizona in Salt Lake City, it was like, is is Utah actually going to vie for the Pac-12 championship, right? Yeah. They, they look that good. But, uh, yeah, like you said, injuries and just as the season's gone along, it, it's it's they've just not played good basketball. Stanford looked pretty good last night, though, got a bit. I mean, they've got some they've got some dudes on that team. Yeah. They've really underachieved this year. But, uh, you know, Arizona's got to come out with intensity tonight and focus because, you know, Stanford's going to give them everything they got. Mm -hmm. But Speaking of Stanford, uh, Harrison Ingram had some very interesting things to say in the uh, the postgame interview with the Pac-12 Network. Andrew, all the way out there in Tucson, if you get that clip ready, uh, we'll play that here in just a, a minute or so. Uh, but we, we got to get into some NBA breaking news here. Uh, before we get into the breaking news, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. Let's go back to the phone lines. Mark, you're on with Spears and Ali, my friend. How's it going? Oh, it's so much better, guys. I am back in business listening to you guys on the radio. I've got it hooked up to the phone now. I've got it hooked up to I can hook the phone up to the radio. Welcome to 2023, Mark. <laughs> How do you like it, Mark? Is it like listening to the show oh, in oh, HD? I, yeah, well, actually, it's clear. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so much better. So, yes, yeah, thanks to Mrs. Mark, I'm telling you, she set me up last night. But what I wanted to talk about, you answered already uh, at the, the end of your last, uh, before the commercial break, and right when you came back. It's like, who is Arizona playing? Because I was busy last night getting my fishing stuff ready. So, but I know who we're playing now. So, hey, guys, I'm back in business. I'm happy again because I get to listen to my guys in the morning. Have a great day, guys. Later. Thanks, Mark. Always love, love the, the kind words. And, you know, when Mark was on the, uh, like, Monday and he called and said, hey, I can't get the reception because I'm way out here by the biosphere, I mean, I was kicking myself later. I'm like, why did I not tell him just to download the ESPN Tucson app? Because you yeah. can hear it clearer as day on that app. So, you know, we make it, there's multiple vehicles and avenues for you to listen to the sweet stylings of Mr. Justin Spears and, you know, yo. Yo? Yo. I? Yo, and, myself. And, and Espanol? Si, como no. <laughs> okay, Ali. I appreciate you coming to the studio out here in Las Vegas. Huge shout out, by the way, to our Lotus family in Las Vegas for allowing Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson to utilize their studios. Yeah, and their coffee machine is legit, man. It is like way better than ours down in Tucson. Oh my god. That Vegas coffee just hits a little bit different. The the machine, they, they can do cappuccino, espresso, mocha lattes. 
they uh they're 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 styling here in Vegas. I know what I'm doing during the commercial break. Everybody that I walk by that in the other studios, they're all drinking from that coffee machine. Pinky's out. <laughs> it's style, baby. Yeah, right, very sophisticated. Uh, we're gonna hear from Tyler Dragon from USA Today talking about Lamar Jackson's contract. Also, what the hell's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Future New York Jets. Stick, still sticking with the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk to, to Tyler about that Jets. at 825. And then uh, Scott Spinelli, former college basketball coach. He was the interim head coach for Boston College once upon a time. Uh, he is now a college basketball analyst for Believe Podcast Network. We have tons of those guys join the show. Uh, but Scott Spinelli is going to join us to talk bracketology, talk maybe provide his thoughts on the Arizona Wildcats, and then we'll uh, discuss with him about Jim Beheim retiring after 47 seasons. But I'll leave breaking news uh, coming out of the Valley. So it appears that Kevin Durant may miss the remainder of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. Uh, last night, KD was expected to make his first home start as the newest member of the Phoenix Suns, and very symbolic that they're playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the team that drafted him uh, coming out of Texas. Not true. Well, the Seattle Supersonics yeah. drafted him. Bring the Supersonics back, baby. Yes. Well, speaking of Sonics, you, you see what happened with Sean Kemp? I mean, what, that he blew up to 400 pounds? No. Sean Kemp it was involved in a shooting. What? Like, like a drive-by shooting. Was he... Like the... like he was the guy behind the gun. No way. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, look, look, look up that story. I mean, I don't have every single detail, so I'm not going to get into it, but, like, it's crazy that Sean Kemp, yeah. Seattle supersonic legend, involved in something like this. That's terrible. What's up with NBA players and guns nowadays? I, I don't know, but, you but know, anyway. like you said, we don't know all the facts, so let's, yeah. let's get let's... those before we comment on Sean, Sean Kemp. But um, what we do know is that Kevin Durant – go ahead. No, no, you said it. You, you, you're talking about Kevin Durant, so tell us – he might miss the rest of the season? Yeah, he might miss the remainder of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. That's the Phoenix Suns' fear, according to the Arizona Republic. So Kevin Durant was in the middle of warm-ups last night. Suns were going to play you know, OKC. Well, they did play OKC, and they won 132-101. to 101. Uh, Devin Booker, 44 points from the man. Yeah, he played great, well. Great game from him. Yeah. But KD in warm-ups, just a simple... I'm going to go up for a layup, just do a simple move to warm up. His ankle rolls, and next thing you know, he's not playing. He's out of the starting lineup. Like the Phoenix Suns team Twitter account tweeted the starting lineups, and Kevin Durant was involved. He was in the he was in the graphic. And then minutes later, Sham Sharania from The Athletic is tweeting out that Kevin Durant has experienced ankle discomfort, and he is not playing tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Terrible, man. And if you if you watched it, it was just it was almost like the last shot before we go to the bench and then uh, before the uh, national anthem is played and the starting lineups are introduced. And such an innocuous play. I mean, he just he looked like a you know a baby giraffe coming out of the womb. Just couldn't get his footing right and just went down. It, it terrible. I mean, yeah. I just it's such a such a blow to the Suns. And think about those fans. What do you think that ticket cost last night to get into the Footprint Center? Pretty hefty. And so you buy, I mean, it just, the word, the only word that is appropriate here is it sucks. Yeah. Right? I don't want anybody to, I'm not a Suns fan, I'm a Lakers fan, but I never want anybody to be injured. And the way he was injured just, it just doesn't make you any feel sense. Warm. Yeah, it's like he had no court. There was nobody, it was just him going up for a layup by himself. Yeah. Like, like the Monstars. Somebody like drained all of his uh, athletic ability for five seconds. And he, he, he forgot how to walk. Yeah. 
baby giraffe. That's a one way of putting it. It, it was yeah. That's what it looked like a baby giraffe out of the womb. Basically, when he when he put his foot down. <laughs> so, Kevin Durant is questionable moving forward. Um, he could possibly return. I don't know, but yeah. according to the latest reporting by the Arizona Republic, Kevin Durant is probably going to miss the remainder of the regular season. Wow. So, and and maybe some of the beginning of the playoffs. I yes. understand. Uh, Man, but, that's. I mean, good news is Devin Booker is playing out of his mind yeah. right now. Uh, Devin Booker is the first player in NBA history to have a four-game span, Ollie, with over 150 points on 60% shooting from the field, 50% from three-point shooting, and also recording five or fewer turnovers. He's a great. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's a great player. He's, he's had a great stretch. But I, um, but that's the risk when you. I mean, Kevin Durant is still one of the best basketball players in the NBA, but he's 35 years old, and as you get older. Hey, hey he's 34. Come on now. Okay, so, sorry. Did you know he's only 34 years old? Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the the anti Kyle yeah. Boswell. He's he's I mean, he's in his mid 30s, and as you get older, like there's little things that happen. You're not going to get Kevin Durant for 82 games. I don't think anymore ever. Yeah. Um, and you see that with LeBron James. LeBron James has got 50 games in him in the regular season. Uh, even though he's a, keeps it, spends $2 million on his body, is in peak shape, is disciplined, he's still 38. Yeah. Right? Kevin Durant's still 34, 35. So the risk is you bring this guy on, you trade all those assets, and are you able to get anything out of him? Are you able to put the team on the court that you envision? So just uh, really frustrating and disappointing and uh uh, and I think the word is sickening for Phoenix Suns fans of what happened last night. With that being said, Phoenix now turns their attention to the Sacramento Kings, which is having a really good year this year. De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis. The second in seed in the West right now, Sacramento Kings. Mike Brown, coach of the year. He's right. Yeah, they keep doing what they're doing, absolutely. I, How come we couldn't coach like that with the Lakers? Man. Wasn't he a coach of the Lakers? He was a coach of the Lakers. <laughs> oh man! And he always had the same expression on his face, like the mouth was a get, you know, open a little bit, yeah, and just squinting. squinting. A little bit. He looks like he doesn't know what he wants at a restaurant. Like if he goes up to like a fast food place, yeah, and he knows exactly what he wants, but he's looking up at the menu board like, let me get a five-piece tender combo. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was actually I was on the same track as you, except for it's like he went to a really fancy Peruvian restaurant, and he doesn't understand anything that's on the menu, right? <laughs> he tried and he's like, <laughs> what is this? Uh, it's called a dote? What is that? And what's a mole? <laughs> uh, sir, that is mole. Yeah, which is not Peruvian, I know. But anyway, that's what, that's what, that's what his expression is. Like he's, a, he's at a fancy foreign restaurant. He's just not getting what, oh, what, 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 what they're selling. Hey, he just points at the menu. <laughs> yeah. He just points there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Sacramento Kings taking on the Phoenix Suns at Footprint Center on Saturday. Tip-off set for 6 p.m. You can listen to it right here on ESPN Tucson. All right, Ali, tonight we got the Pac-12 tournament. Quarterfinal round, Arizona taking on the Stanford Cardinal. Stanford looked pretty damn good against Brandon Carlson in Utah yeah, yesterday. Give did. them a ton of credit. Um, we all know what happened the last time Arizona played against Stanford. But Stanford, you know, they're they're kind of rolling right now. Jared Haas has his team playing some good basketball. Spencer Jones, Harrison Ingram, these uh, Brandon Angel, their forward. Uh, these guys are playing aggressive. They're just so active and kind of nasty in the paint. And that's actually how they beat Arizona in Palo Alto. And, uh, Andrew, if you get this uh, clip uh, queued up and ready to go here, 
Harrison Ingram went on Pac-12 Network yesterday, and he was pounding his chest, talking about how great the Stanford Cardinal are playing right now. Here's that clip. This, imposing our will. I mean, we're the biggest, baddest team in the country. I mean, we started off bad, but I don't think any team in the country right now wants to play us. We have a good shooters, good playmakers, and we're huge. Yeah. No team wants to play us. We're the biggest and the baddest team in the country, says the guy who's getting ready to play against Azulus Tubelis and Umar Balo. I feel like this won't end well for the Stanford Cardinal. And you know what? I think that for Azulus Tubelis, we might get an all-time game from him tonight because – he got into foul trouble against Stanford in Palo Alto. Four fouls, four points. It's the only game this season that he scored in single digits. Uh, had a few turnovers to go along with it. It was the, the worst game out of the year. And to couple that, Ali, with him possibly getting snubbed for Pac-12 Player of the Year, it depends. I think Jaime Jaquez is deserving of it. Azulus Tabellas obviously said that uh, Jaime Jaquez is deserving of it. But you could kind of read Azulus Tabellas' body language. You could see the gears turning in his head, all the things that was going through his mind. Like, yes, Jaime Jaquez deserves to win Pac-12 Player of the Year, but I led the conference in points and rebounding. No player has done that since Leon Poe at Cal in 2006. Azul Stabellis knows deep down he should have won Pac-12 Player of the Year. So when you add in a bad game against the Cardinal in Palo Alto, him showing the rest of the world that he deserves to be Pac-12 Player of the Year, Azus Tabellis, look out for that man tonight to have an epic performance. I love it, man. And, you know, I get to give Stanford credit. They're, they are probably one of the best 14 and 18 teams I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> all right. So it's, it's, it's just, very, just very odd we're the biggest and the baddest. But I guess you got to have confidence, right? Um, look, Stanford is long. They can switch everything on defense. They did, I think they, they scored more points in the paint than us in Palo Alto. 18. Yeah. And Stanford <clears throat> was plus 18 in point, paint points. So, but this is a perfect opponent for Arizona. Why? Because we have a chip on our shoulder. We lost to them. So you couple that with Azulis Tubelis not getting national player of the or Pac-12 player of the year. You couple that with Kirk Risa not being on any of the first three uh, uh, honored uh, teams, Pac-12 all te- uh, all conference teams. I, I expect knock twice. Arizona's looking for blood tonight, and uh, what I want to see is I want to see Arizona go up, and then I want to see them have that killer instinct and just take their soul and put them away. I asked Bruce Pascoe this. I'm going to ask you this. Does Kirk Reese's personality have any effect on conference awards? Yes. Like who Kirk Reese is? Yes. Because the way he talks trash in the games, I can see why it rubs people the wrong way. But Arizona fans, I mean, Tommy Lloyd says it all the time. I would go to war with Kirk Reese. Yeah. He's my guy. And so when you think about conference awards, who votes for it, it's coaches, yeah. media. Kirk Reese rubs both those guys the wrong way. I mean, look, he's he leads the league in assists. He's number two in three-point percentage behind Courtney Ramey. And if you told me, I mean, not to everybody's important, but if you told me that Courtney Ramey was going to make honorable mention and Kirk Creasa was not, I'd be like, are you serious? Yeah. I know a lot. Of, I know Kirk Creasa creates a lot of controversy, a lot of discussion. But I'm going to tell you, our offense does not run correctly without Kirk Creasa. Kirk Creasa is what makes our offense run correctly. And so – he is immensely important, and, and I tell you, there's nobody that's going to have a bigger chip on their shoulder in this tournament than Kirk Creasa. He's going to want to prove to everybody, I am not just should be on one of the first three all-conference teams. I am a all, first-teamer. First teamer. I, I should be number one guard on the first-team uh, Pac-12 team. I'm going to make a <clears throat> prediction here for tonight's game at T-Mobile Arena. What you got? 
Arizona puts them away early. I think they get off to a great start. I think they have uh, they they're going to play so fast. Azus Tubelis is going to be running the floor. I mean, we talk about him being one of the best rim runners, best running big men in the country. I think they're going to look to get him very much involved in this game right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, set the tone with Azulis Tabellas. And for him to go up against the L.A. schools, have back-to-back double-doubles, it's a get-right game for him. And now you turn your attention to a team that gave you fits, made you disappointed a little bit in yourself. I, I fully expect Azulis Tabellas to have a great game. But, Ali, one thing about Arizona is that they're successful in Las Vegas. Uh, I was doing a rundown on uh, Arizona in Las Vegas under Tommy Lloyd. We're talking about three regular season wins here, including a game at MGM Grand Guard Arena against Indiana, and they won the Pac-12 tournament last year. So Arizona in the Sin City, pretty solid. And then you add in their rabid fan base in the month of March. It's, uh, hey, man, Arizona, they're successful in Las Vegas. They got the fan base behind them. I really like Arizona a lot. Pun intended. We're in Vegas. Keep it rolling. Speaking of keeping it rolling, <clears throat> how did you do yesterday? Oh, you mean uh, from the... On the tables. So I went to dinner uh, with some friends, <clears throat> and we stopped by, by a roulette table on the way back to the room. Spent a half an hour there. Played my numbers. 32? 32. 32, 3, 2, 24, 12, 14, 36. And it just kept hitting. So $400 later, I went to my room. Dinner on Ali tonight. I, I, I already paid, I paid for dinner, too. So <laughs> I actually broke even last night. If, big... All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, we'll talk more Arizona versus Stanford in the Pac-12 tournament. And we'll also take a look at other games in the conference tournament as well. But let's uh, transition and talk some NFL with Tyler Dragon from USA Today. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. You're listening to Spears and Ali live from Las Vegas here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4. And the Spears and Ali podcast. Let's talk some NFL. And we're going to do that with our good buddy, Tyler Dragon from USA Today. Tyler, appreciate your time. How's it going, my friend? It's going pretty good. How are you this morning? Doing great. Uh, Thank you, by the way, for making the transition to the mornings. You know, Tyler, you've been a a consistent guest in, in the afternoons. And for you to come on this early in the morning, man, we're very appreciative of that. Oh, yeah, it's not a problem. I love coming on your show, and really, as an NFL report, I'm up all hours of the day, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Especially this time of year, man. Off season, a lot of headlines going around, and, of course, the big one right now in the, in the NFL is Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens gave Lamar Jackson the non-exclusive franchise tag, opening up the door for him to negotiate with other teams. He's going to get and offer a fuel for the market, and then he's going to report back to the Baltimore Ravens. Are you surprised that Lamar Jackson received the franchise tag rather than getting the contract extension that he's been wanting? Well, I, I was not surprised based on what I was hearing and the way things uh, were trending. The Ravens want to let Lamar Jackson test the market to see what other teams think he's worth. And I also believe that the Ravens brass got kind of a pulse of what teams around the league 
are going to do at the quarterback position, for whether it was the NFL Combine, whether it was the Senior Bowl, and so on. And, you know, that's why you had a lot of teams already come out and say they are not in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Because, really, the Ravens have, um, you know, all the cards, and they have the advantage now because they can match any offer that a team uh, is willing to uh, go with Lamar Jackson. So um, I think at, at the end of the day, cooler heads are going to prevail, and Lamar Jackson is going to be a Raven. It's just a matter of is he going to sign a lengthy long-term extension, probably not the amount that he wants, which is uh, a contract in the ballpark of 230, 250 guarantees. Uh, but the Ravens are not willing to go that high. And really, no other owner in, around the National Football League is willing to go that high uh, for Lamar Jackson. They believe that Deshaun Watson's deal from the Cleveland Browns is an anomaly, and they want it to be somewhat of an outlier around the NFL. Tyler, you know, franchise tags get used every year, and uh, in this particular case, I don't recall ever teams immediately saying we are not going to pursue this uh, this player on, uh, as a free agent or on the franchise tag. And so a lot of people are talking about collusion. Do you ever recall teams coming out so quickly for a guy that is technically, you know, open for bidding that they're like, we're out? No, never. And, and, that, and that is a great observation that's what i was alluding to how the ravens um got a sense at the combine and the senior bowl and other nfl events about you know what teams are going to do uh, that are in need of a quarterback and the other owners they don't want the new norm and set a new precedent that quarterbacks get 230 250 guaranteed in their contracts they want the Deshaun Watson deal to be an anomaly, an outlier, outlier of sorts. And so they don't want to set that trend because, look, that's going to affect all owners because you look at Joe Burrow. He's going to need a new contract coming up soon. You look at Justin Herbert. He's going to have a new contract coming up soon. Jalen Hurts, and we go down the list of quarterbacks. And if you paid Lamar Jackson an excess of 230 guaranteed, Joe Burrow could come out and say, okay, I'm arguably better than Lamar Jackson, or I'm at least on the same tier. I need a contract uh, in that ballpark. Justin Herbert can say the same thing. Jalen Hurts can say, I took the Eagles to the Super Bowl last year. I want more. Like, so they don't want to set that new precedent now. You know, uh, for many good reasons, I think, Daniel Snyder with the Washington Seawards is being forced to sell his team. Do you think there's, it's possible as a last, a last act of pettiness, he gives a record-breaking deal to Lamar Jackson that uh, really screws over the rest of the owners? <laughs> it is possible. I don't put anything past Daniel Snyder. Um, however, I don't think it, it's going to happen. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson has to, you know, want to play for, you know, that franchise. Does Lamar want to, uh, you know, play for a franchise uh, uh, miles down the road from Baltimore uh, in the nation's capital? But that is a good observation. And the Washington Commanders, they are definitely in the quarterback market. I just don't see it happening. It's interesting, though, because – 
you say like Daniel Snyder would give up his two middle fingers and walk out giving Lamar Jackson his lucrative deal, but it could work out for Washington because you have Eric Bieniemy, who's uh, the new offensive coordinator looking to prove himself as a play caller and a coach, and you got Lamar Jackson who's continuing to prove himself as an elite quarterback. I think it could be a match made in heaven. What, do you, what say you, Tyler? I, I, I mean, I, I do – like the dynamic of that, especially with Eric Bieniemy, and and look, Lamar Jackson will probably be the best quarterback in the NFC, especially if Aaron Rodgers ends up going to the uh, New York Jets. And so, you know, the NFC that's going to be a, a wide open landscape with Brown us for teams trying to be Super Bowl contenders. Uh, but when I look at Washington overall, uh, the skill position outside of Terry McLaurin leaves a lot to be desired. <clears throat> And uh, that secondary is hit or miss, too. So I, I'm not sure. Uh, kind of be careful what you wish for. Yes, the NFC is a lot weaker in, than the AFC as far as the quarterback gauntlet that you have to go through in the AFC. But it just I, I just don't see it with the commanders. We mentioned Aaron Rodgers and his future. The New York Jets flew out to Malibu, California earlier this week and had a meeting with him. It looks like Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is going to be a done deal here very soon. What do you make of that situation, and do you think that he'll ultimately end up with the Jets? I think it's trending that way. And anytime uh, a team like the Green Bay Packers gives another team permission to talk to your franchise quarterback, that is the indication that the relationship is likely over. And um, I think at this point, it's maybe 60-40 that Aaron Rodgers uh, goes to the New York Jets. And you can't also rule out the possibility that uh, he opts to retire. However, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is leaving $50 million on the table, which he is due next year. So it's looking likely that he'll end up with uh, the New York Jets if the Green Bay Packers don't. Uh, make some last-ditch effort to try to uh, bring him back. But it seems like the Green Bay's moving in a direction where they want to give Jordan Love an opportunity to uh, be their starting quarterback. So we might see uh, Aaron Rodgers in the Big Apple soon. You know, since we're in Las Vegas, you know, uh, Derek Carr just signed with the Saints, uh, got, got waived by the Raiders before his $40 million guarantee kicked in. Are, are the Raiders going to go just go into the season with Jared Stidham, or do you think that uh, you know they're going to look to the draft, or is that maybe a possible destination for Aaron Rodgers or somebody we're not thinking about? You know, I, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West, being that I cover the AFC West a whole lot, um, and especially you look at the quarterbacks in that division, that would be a gauntlet in and of itself. Um, and the Devontae Adams connection and uh, their chemistry that they have. I, I do think the Raiders are going to go and, uh, and look for a quarterback in the draft and that's at the top of the first round. And also I'm hearing that they have some interest in uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I know that's not the sexy name of Aaron Rodgers, but I, I'm, I'm hearing Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is a strong possibility for the Las Vegas Raiders as well as possibly drafting a quarterback uh, like uh, Anthony Richardson, who can sit a year and develop and start um, in 2024. 
Well, speaking about the rookie quarterbacks, Richardson, man, his combine was amazing. Uh, C.J. Stroud, his combine was amazing. I'm hearing some reports that people are a little underwhelmed by Bryce uh, Bryce Young's workout, and uh, both with the his, the velocity of the ball coming out of his hand, and he's got. I mean, look, he's a great quarterback, a winner, but he's five eleven and uh, and two hundred pounds. That's generous. Yeah. So, do you think Bryce Young? Do you think these combines? Is it going to push Bryce Young down the board when when the first round comes down, or do you think people are going to really just keep, continue to evaluate him based on his college tape? Uh, well, you know, Bryce Young did not throw at the combine. He did get uh, some measurements, and I think uh, scouts and NFL coaches, GMs, they're going to look at the tape and see that Bryce Young was the best quarterback in college football, not only last year, but the year before. Yes, his height does concern me as well as his weight. However, he put on some uh, more weight when he weighed in at the combine, weighed in over at 200 pounds, which was surprising. Um, but overall, when you look at that tape, he's the best throw of the football. He has command in the pocket. He uh, passes with precision and accuracy. He uh, doesn't just wait for receivers to get open. He throws them open at times. And he is the best pure quarterback in this draft class. And then I do think C.J. Stroud is a, is a close second. I really like what he, he's been able to do as, as a quarterback. He, again, throws with precision and accuracy. And he's a little bit bigger. But I think when it comes to all the intangibles, Bryce Young is still the best quarterback in the NFL draft, despite the height and the weight. Tyler, before we let you go, since uh, we're moved to the mornings, got to ask you a food question. What's your go-to breakfast? Or if you were to choose, like, any breakfast food to eat, what are you picking? <laughs> That's a good question because normally I honestly don't really eat breakfast and I just drink two cups of coffee. And I haven't even had my first cup of coffee yet, so that's how you know I love coming on your show because I came on your show before my first cup of coffee. Oh, man. So that's my go-to breakfast item. <laughs> coffee, man. I'm glad that uh, you're not a grouchy person before you get that first cup of coffee, Tyler. You were fantastic today. That is Tyler Dragon from USA Today. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and also check out his work on the National Football League at usatoday.com. Tyler, you the man. Love you. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Appreciate it. All right. Don't go anywhere. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Canned goods, bottled water, diapers, diapers, uh, baby wipes for me and Justin. Baby wipes not for me and Justin. Hey, it's always good to have like you know, you got two two with the toilet paper, one with the baby wipe, one with the toilet paper. Everything's clean. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need Ali to start doing uh, endorsements for dude wipes. Dude wipes. Dude wipes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of dude wipes. <laughs> I like to have the Valley of the No Sun very clean down there. <laughs> I mean, you don't want any remnants while you're walking around town. The Valley of the No Sun's got to be, like, clean as a whistle. Of course, we got to bring in some Las Vegasy style of music because Spears and Ali, we're live in Las Vegas. We're here at the Pac-12 tournament, and it's a good time out here. It's officially March Madness. Postseason basketball is underway, and we're going to talk about it with Scott Spinelli, host 
of Believe Podcast Network, former interim head coach of the Boston College Eagles. He joins us here on ESPN Tucson. Scott, thank you for your time. How's it going? Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Great time of year. No, thank you for for joining us. And, you know, out, out here we cover the Arizona Wildcats. So from your perspective, have you had a chance to really watch these Arizona Wildcats this year? And what do you make of Tommy Lloyd's team in year two? Well, yeah, I actually I have seen him quite a bit. Um, and the one thing about Coach Lloyd's teams that the last, obviously last year, this year, they're very, very good offensively. Uh, I think one of the things of, about this year's team, um, you know, having a team with that kind of overall size and skill and to see what they've been doing offensively, I mean, they're pretty much leading every, uh, you know, potential offensive category in the Pac-12. Um, you know, obviously scoring 80-plus points a game. I mean, their three-point field goal percentage is on par. Sabellis is obviously a star. Barlow's gotten so much better. Um, you know, great size. And, and I think that's the one thing that's really stood out to me um, is, you know, how good they are offensively, how well coached, their space, they make the extra pass. They're really a fun team to watch. You know, Scott, uh Based on your experience and, and what you do for a living, I imagine you watch a lot of college basketball, aside from Arizona. And I don't recall a, a year where the number one ranked team has lost more or top 20 teams have lost to unranked teams. Are we are we getting ready for one of the craziest tournaments that we've ever seen? Wow, that's a, uh, that's a great question. I, you know, it's been that type of year. You know, to your point, I think what's happened here with that extra year the NCAA gave all the student-athletes and then obviously the transfer portal, it really allowed a lot of kids with, you know, multiple years of college experience to move around. And I think any time you have that kind of experience and that age um, on, you know, certain programs, even from the lower levels to the mid-majors to the high-majors, um, you know, again, there's a big difference between a 24-, 25-year-old uh, student-athlete playing against an 18-, 19-year-old student-athlete. And I think we're seeing that uh, in this year's tournament. But to your to your point, I do think this is going to be – there are some very good teams out there that could make a run that maybe none of us uh, would have thought um, in this year's tourney. Arizona, they lost three players to the NBA draft a year ago. Christian Coloco, Dalen Terry, and, of course, Benedict Matherin, who's killing it this year with the Indiana Pacers. Going into this year, when you looked at Arizona from a bird's eye view, what were what were your realistic expectations for this team, and have they exceeded them? I think they've exceeded them. I, I, look, I, they did a really they had a great pickup with uh, Ramey from t- the transfer from Texas. I need they needed that experienced guard, you know, to go along with a lot of the skilled guys who had been around the program, uh, a lot of the you know kids, the international kids that he's been able to bring in. Um, but I do think this team has exceeded expectations in my mind. I didn't know they were going to be this good. Um, but I tell you what, I mean, they're a very difficult matchup. And as you guys know, so much of the NCAA tournament is about, you know, those matchups. Who, when you, they announce your name or the, your team and then you look up who are you playing, uh, if you're playing Arizona, you're going to have to be very mindful of the fact that they, are, they have great overall team size. They've got great experience. And they've got multiple players, five players averaging in double figures. That's a problem in preparation, uh, especially with the size that they present on the floor. Scott, not to put you on the spot, but if I said, based on all the basketball you've seen this year, give me two teams that you're going to say are front runners to win the national championship, who would those teams be? 
I'm going with Kansas to repeat, and obviously Houston if they continue to stay healthy. I do like UCLA a lot also. Uh, obviously, you know, really feel for those guys and Jalen Clark and going down. But I, I do think UCLA is still a very, very complete basketball team on both ends of the floor. But what makes me say, let's start with Houston, with Sasser healthy and, you know, shed at the backcourt. I mean, they've got so many different ways they can play. We have all, all know Houston to be that team that gets after you defensively. They're very physical. They're tough to score on. Um, they got great athleticism. They cover ground, uh, very well drilled. But this year's Houston team is a lot more complete on the offensive end of the floor. And I think that's what makes them so dangerous that you're not just going to have to go into a game and think, okay, you know, we're going to have to figure out ways to score to beat Houston. You're also going to have to figure out ways to stop them offensively. So I like Houston's team and I love Kansas. I think Jalen, you know, Wilson coming back after declaring for the draft his first two years and Obviously, now he's Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh, you know they've got multiple guys on that team that cut down the net last year. Um, you know I think they're going to be a team that's going to be very difficult here uh, in the tournament. So if, if you ask me, those are two teams that I really like. And there's a sleeper team I'll throw in just because we talked about age. And I I love the Drake team that's been put together. Uh, I've never seen a team in college basketball that has four of their five starters who have all scored over 1,000 points. They have two 25-year-olds in the starting lineup, 124, 123, and one of their best player is 20 years old. And I've watched them up close and personal. My son plays at Evansville. He's a freshman. So I've seen the Valley. It was a great league this year. Um, but keep an eye on Drake in the NCAA tournament this year also. Yo, that's going to be my dark horse on our brackets, buddy. The Bulldogs, take it right from... Hey, Scott, the script writers are at it again with Houston, too, because, as you know, the Final Four's in Houston, and then Jim Nance is calling the Final Four, and it's his last Final Four on CBS. And guess what? He's an alumnus of Houston. Yeah. It's all lining up. <laughs> should we, should we kind of you know, think about that as uh, something that you know, maybe is going to happen as a storybook ending? I, I, it's a great storyline, though, right? Oh, Absolutely. yeah. I think this is going to be the first time an announcer is on one shining moment. Yeah, no <laughs> uh, hey, Scott, before we let you go, uh, i got to ask you about this. Yesterday, uh, or we got some big news regarding Jim Beheim. He's out at Syracuse, retiring after 47 seasons. What do you make of his career at Syracuse, especially as a guy who grew up on the East Coast watching Big East basketball? Well, I think it's a sad day for college basketball, period. I, I, look, I mean, to really take a step back and, you know, whether I listen, I played against him as a player. Uh, obviously, we've coached against him for several years um, in the ACC and so on and so forth. But for him to do what he's done that many years and to establish an identity like he did with that patented 2-3 zone of theirs, um, I don't think people realize uh, it's not the conventional 2-3 zone. I mean, they recruited so well to that zone that it was so difficult to score against them. And for him to do it for that many years, and it was synonymous with college basketball, when you thought Syracuse, you think zone, 2-3 zone right off the bat. And it's just a sad day all around. And, you know, look, uh, you know, from a, from a basketball, whether you're a coach or whether you're a fan, um, you know, I hope that Syracuse continues on with that. You know, who knows what Coach Autry will do, but I'm sure they'll continue on hopefully with that patented 2-3 zone, and we'll think of Coach Beheim forever. But a uh, tremendous coach. Um, he'll be missed.
Scott Spinelli, longtime college basketball coach and host on Believe Podcast Network, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Scott, thank you for your time. We appreciate it, and happy March Madness, my friend. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day. You, you too, too thank coach. You. we got to have him on again. I can listen to that guy talk basketball, I mean, all day. Oh uh, yeah, the <clears throat> the Boston accent. You can tell with the he, the wealth of knowledge and then the accent. Did you see that uh, little commercial I sent you yesterday? No. The one for uh, Tom Brady. He goes into a, a sporting goods store in California and he's just talking like Tom Brady, and the uh, the guy that's working there is like, oh my god, I don't even understand you. Your Boston accent is amazing. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not from Boston. And then he brings in some customers like, oh, are you Matt Damon? <laughs> you know, the commercial's hilarious. Wicked smile. Wicked smile, yeah. He's like, All right, coming up next. <clears throat> the way he said par, he's on pa. Yeah. Gosh, Boston accents are the best. I don't I don't like Boston sports, but their accents are cool. All right, well, that's uh, that's screw, good to know. Screw the Celtics. Let's put that, put that on your bio on Twitter. Screw the Celtics. Yeah, All right. No, coming bleep, up next on Spears and Ali. Bleep Boston. Let's talk about Pac-12 tournament. Hey, if you want to call into the show and join us, 719-1490 is the phone number. 719-1490. We're talking Pac-12 tournament coming up next. One more. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. That's how we roll here on Spears and Ali. I know, man. Live from Vegas, huh? How's, how's it feel, man? Las Vegas. You're doing a Vegas show. We're doing a Vegas show. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're going to hit the tables, or is it all business for you while you're here? All business, man. Not even like just two minutes? Nah. Nah, last time I was here, last, uh, well, no, I was here for NBA Summer League, and I didn't gamble, but I was uh, here for Pac-12 tournament last year, decided, you know what? I'm going to go hit up the blackjack tables. Let's win some freaking money. Let's, yeah. let's go back home with some cheddar. And I lost my cheddar in about 20 minutes. Man. It was that fast. And I felt so, like, sick, sick to my stomach. Like, losing losing $60 was, like, the worst thing ever. I was so sick. I walked back to my room, and I felt so ashamed of myself. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. I'm just going to stick to sports gambling. I'm going to stick to my parlays. I'm going to leave it at that. That stuff I know. Blackjack and all that stuff, I can't do it. It's all about perspective, right? I mean, so, like, if Andrew's like, hey, man, you want to buy me lunch, you'd buy him lunch, right? For sure. So Andrew likes to do $60 wiener schnitzels Uber orders, right? And uh, he's just scarfing those hot dogs down. Just pretend you're buying Andrew his wiener schnitzel Uber. Yeah, it makes it all painless. But, see, here's the thing, though. It it helps it helps me knowing that I gave Andrew the satisfaction of eating food. What's it gonna help? What's gonna do with my mindset knowing? Oh yeah, I just contributed to all the millions of dollars that is pumped into Las Vegas every single year. Well, yeah, you billions. Keep it, you you my you friend, know? you my friend are a component of keeping Vegas alive. Kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> the Las Vegas economy <clears throat> thrives because of people like you. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, and no, you know, I'm okay. And when a guy like me has winnings, it's like really like you're helping contribute to my my happiness. Yeah, there it is. So <laughs> you're being a good friend. In, in the end, I'm I'm always going to be a good friend. Yeah, exactly. Whether I win or lose, I'm always a good friend. You're a good friend. I appreciate. Uh, yeah, that's it. one way of putting it. Yeah. You always have a unique perspective on things, Ali. I can make things up on the fly. Well, let me uh, hear your perspective <laughs> on tonight's game: Arizona versus Stanford at T-Mobile Arena. You know, Stanford is, it seems like every guy on their team is 6'7". And they're long, they're athletic. 
Uh, Spencer Jones is good. Um, what, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Graham. Yeah. Oh, Harrison Ingram. Harrison Ingram. Yeah. He's good. They're a 14 and 18 team with really with some really good players that just didn't under underachieved. Yeah. But they're playing Arizona. They're feeling themselves right now after a win against Utah. So they're gonna they're gonna bring their best. We should expect their best. Now Arizona needs to match that and then overcome them. And they need to play with that chip on their shoulder. That Kirk Creesa, the assist leader in the Pac-12, number two three-point shooter, didn't make any All-Conference team. They need to play with a chip on their shoulder. That Azulis Tubelis, that led the conference in scoring and rebounding, didn't win Player of the Year. They need to play with a chip on their shoulder that everybody now is dismissing Arizona. And not only do they now with the next maturation of this team and how I'll know they're ready for the tournament, they need to go up on Stanford and then put them away. Just take their soul and, uh, you know, Kali Ma them. Yeah. If you're an Indiana Jones fan, you know what I'm talking about. Just Kali Ma. Kali Ma. Or Molly Wap, as so, I say. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm hoping for that. I, I expect I expect this going to be a pretty good game, maybe a little bit close in the first half. And then Arizona – Arizona makes a run, and uh, yeah. you know they, they lost to this team in Palo Alto. They usually play with a chip on their shoulder when they lose to a team. I think Arizona is going to get to the semifinals against the winner of USC ASU, which is the second most interesting game uh, I'm looking forward to watching tonight. Well, it could be a revenge tour for the Arizona Wildcats if things fall in order because they're playing Stanford tonight. The Cardinal beat the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah. They could end up playing ASU. We all know how the last ASU game went. Um, and then UCLA in the finals, maybe. UCLA in the finals. The script writers are at it again. Revenge tour, baby. It's, it's amazing. And then Harrison Ingram, you got to add it at this. He was pounding his chest on Pac-12 Network saying, hey, we're the biggest, baddest team in the country. Nobody wants to play us. Yeah. And Tubelis, Umar Balo, they're like, okay, bet. Let's go out and kick your ass in the paint tonight. I like it, man. I'm excited for it. I like it. Me too. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Spears and Ali. We'll be back tomorrow live from Las Vegas.